Hello, and welcome back to the Horror Obsessive Podcast. I'm handsome Sean Parker, along and I'm with the handsomer. adorable JP. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks. Make me sound like a kid. Yeah, you know. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> You're welcome, Bun. Ah, uh, how you doing, JP? Ah, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, it's it's Wednesday. Week's almost over. Weekend's almost here. You know, never a bad yeah. thing. And we're gonna talk about blobs. We are. We are. Mm-hmm. Gotta love them. Both of them. Gotta, gotta love them. <laughs> do we? I don't, yeah. Well, you know I what? do. Why not? I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get into that, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, Lord Jislison uh, is with us today, and we're gonna talk about uh, the blob as well as her book, uh, Inside Out, which is amazing it's it's quite incredible it's, it's very good very well written mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah and uh it's quick it's it's a, it's less than 100 pages and it's yeah worth every penny too yeah um you can get it on pretty much any from the publisher um or you could get it probably anywhere you buy books like i know amazon has it um i'm sure like barnes and noble and other places would have it too Yes, so it's on Darklit Press. Uh, I'm sorry, doc, darklithorror.com. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get Laura's book. Yep, and, and, and Darklit Horror is all one word. Yeah, it's really, really good. We both loved it. So buy it and read it. And that's our pitch. Yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so JP, before we get into that, we're obviously going to do what we always do. Try to take over the world. No, go to horrorobsessive.com. And we're going to talk about uh, the stuff that we're super interested in this week. All right. All right. So uh, since our last episode, there was a lot that happened. Um, So I have a bunch of tabs open here in my browser. Um, So there's been been some cool sequel news. Uh, So we got a a sequel to Megan was officially announced by Universal. I think it was Universal. Wherever the distributors, things universal though. Uh, Violent Night. It's it's not official yet, but uh, the director and the writers are, are working on a sequel. Um, so I have articles about both of those on the website. Um, some cool movies that are out that I reviewed. Uh, Sorry about the Demon is a fun, really fun, really great horror possession horror comedy. Uh, it's on Shutter. Uh, Kids vs. Aliens is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's available on VOD right now. Uh, really fun kids fighting aliens movie um the scream six trailer uh which i thought was fantastic i think i mean the, the the little teaser we got uh what a month ago or whatever was was really cool but this full trailer was awesome i thought what did what did you think of it so i like aspects of it so uh, we've gone back and forth on kevin williamson's original idea for scream three where he wanted like the following uh, television show that he eventually did was originally supposed to be Scream Three. It was supposed to be like the cult of Ghostface. I feel like we're getting it in Scream Six. I feel like we're getting, I I like we're we are, getting yeah. just a, a super fan or, or whatever. Like uh, it's it's sort of a an amalgamation or a, a culmination of of that kind of thing. So I am yeah, I'm definitely interested. I like the fact that they're, you know, going guns and stuff. People I guess are very up in arms about the arms in the trailer. <laughs> so um 
I don't know. I, I kind of think it's cool. I think it's it's a different route. It's, you know, it's obviously R-rated horror. Like, don't, mm-hmm. you know. But it's it's different, and I appreciate different, you know, because how many yeah. times can we watch the same person in the same scenario do the yeah, same thing over exactly, and over? Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, from my perspective, uh, first of all, I'm super interested in those two movies that you got to review. and I don't know when I'm going to get to watch them. Uh, <laughs> They're both really good, I, so definitely, definitely check them out. Especially, I, I signed, uh, so I, I'm sorry doing, about the demon. Uh, yeah, Yeah. no, the, I, um, mm-hmm. I think... I think one of our reps sent that to me too, and I, I'm, I'm okay. just well. It's it, it's on. Do you have, if you have Shutter, it's on Shutter already anyway. Yeah, I got AMC Plus, so it's oh, so same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I I am gonna watch them. Like that's it's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I just I'm so I'm I'm so busy. I have uh, I I bought a bunch of the uh, Sundance movies, so I'm trying to watch some of those. I've heard oh, yeah. I've heard good things about a few of them that I have. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice, like, nice. So I'm, I'm look, I'm gotta get to that, and then, uh, Slam Dance Festival is the same week too. So I'm watching oh, really? movies on that, and I'm watching movies oh, over here. Man. Um, so far what I've seen at Slam Dance, which has only been one film, uh, called The Underbug. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Uh, super, uh, slow, sort of, uh, you know, you're the killer, you're the killer, you're like sort, you know, um werewolves within kind of oh yeah yeah uh, like a horror while there there may or may not be a ghost in the house kind of idea mm-hmm. like um quick little movie it was like 68 minutes it, it's an indian film i really enjoyed that so that that's what i've been up to uh in movie wise um as far as uh, stuff that's on horror obsessive right now um i did put out a um killer kids article uh <laughs> that sounds worse than it really is uh there's plenty of films that have murderous children in them and i just happen to pick out some of the most underrated ones um that isn't to say that this is a complete list by any means but like just stuff that i never hear talked about like uh especially um who can kill a child which super freaking good and Hmm, i never hear it mentioned at all um they even did a remake like 10 years ago called come out and play it's not Mm -hmm. as good um but it's you know at least that was part of the conversation at some point i feel like you know some of these are just getting lost over time and i want to do something especially because that brings me to the other movie that i watched last week uh there's something wrong with the children which uh which came out it's a fun little movie it's don't expect too much from it uh by the director, uh, one of the directors of Southbound. Uh, she Ooh, also did okay. uh, something on XX, which was an uh, hmm. anthology film of Wiles back. It was all women directors. Do you know um, which segment she did on that? On Southbound? No, no, on, uh, on uh, XX. Not 100%. Segments that, that I like on that one. Roxanne Benjamin did the segment Don't Fall. Which one? Which one was that? Don't fall. That's that's just what it says on IMDb. I, I couldn't tell mm. you more. It's been a while since I've seen it, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I it, the movie came out six years ago. I, I think I watched it pretty much when it hit VOD, and mm. I don't think I've seen it since. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same here. More Southbound, on the other hand, I've, I've seen several Southbound times. Southbound is great. Yeah, I love <laughs> that movie. Um, let's see. Uh, beyond that, I'm also um, I'm tag-teaming The Last of Us with Brendan. Also, um, uh, just just so everyone's aware, I do have a bit of a cold this week, so uh, 
my voice seems a little deeper and uh, nicer on the ears. That's why. Uh, <laughs> oh, you should have a cold more often then. No kidding, right? <laughs> just sound. Come better. on, Please come on, Sean. Better. Sacrifice for the podcast. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just go let my nephew breathe in my face every. Exactly, every that's the way to do it. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention. So uh, I did. I was reading uh, Brennan's article on uh, The Last of Us this week. Uh, and if anybody's not watching The Last of Us, you absolutely should. Uh, probably the best video game adaptation <laughs> of all time so far. And it's only two episodes in. Utterly incredible. They, they actually took the time, spent the money, did things right. And it, it's going a long way. And I hope that it continues to go a long way because so far, so good. And just, guys, just keep it up. Like, <laughs> you, got me, you got me for, what, eight more weeks, seven more weeks? Yeah, I think um, they're they're nine episodes total. So yeah, so yeah. two episodes down, seven more weeks. Seven more ago. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, it's on my list. I'll catch. I'll probably start watching at least the first episode this weekend, and then I'll catch up soon enough. You know, but yeah, I'm hearing great. Th- I'm hearing nothing but great things about it, so I'm excited yeah. to check it out. Yeah, Brendan's also covering um, Velma, which is on HBO oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, and I know. Listen, guys, it's a cartoon. <laughs> Everyone out there. It's a cartoon. Stop losing your shit. Like, calm down. Everybody calm down. I Here's the thing. Is I thought the first episode was a little okay. You, you know, you gotta get used to this. Second episode I found better. Third episode I laughed my ass off through. It's just fun. It's just a cartoon. <laughs> I mean, but just because it. it's a cartoon doesn't mean that it can't be genuinely good. That it has to just be like, oh, it's just lighthearted. No, fun, no, no. Well, you know? that's not what I'm saying. Is what I'm saying is, you know, I've read a lot of stuff. First of all, there's a lot of hate stuff going online about the, you know, woke cast and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. come on. I'm like, you know, stop. You know, um, I love Minnie Kaling. I, I love. Uh, Constance Wu, I uh, Sam Richardson is play Shaggy or Norville in this because it's not it's not Shaggy and Scooby Doo. Obviously, this is supposed to go for Velma, so I'm I love this. <laughs> okay. I um, okay. I I'm starting to really like it. I remember when Futurama came out, and I am such a huge Futurama fan. Um, people hated it, absolutely tore it apart. It wasn't watched. It got pushed around by Fox. And now here it is, you know, 30 years later, and people absolutely adore it for what it is. And I kind of feel like people aren't giving Velma that, you know, a chance. And it kind of feels to me very similar to that, that, that I felt for that show hmm. years ago. Okay. I, I love that show from its inception. And I continue to watch Futurama to this day. I can't wait for the new season. And a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that, too, because it ended so perfectly and whatever. No. Give me more of it. I like it. <laughs> okay. Hey, all right. You know, stand your so, ground. Um, um, but Velma, Velma, I feel the same way. I think, yeah, okay, fine. Rocky pilot. I never judge a show by its pilot. All right. Because a lot of those pilots, like, they just try to fit too much stuff in. They try to do too much at once and it kind of gets lost. Um, the last of us is a little bit different because it got picked up for 10 episodes or nine episodes right off the bat. Mm-hmm. They knew it was, you know, they knew what they were doing with that. They knew how to pace right, that show. Right, up. Yeah, yeah. Don't judge shows based on their pilots. Yeah, pilots can be right. can be hit or miss, even if the rest of the show turns out great. Yeah, and sometimes it can be yeah. the exact opposite. They can have one good episode and the rest of it's terrible. Like, oh yeah, that's happened recently. I've I've had that. And I've seen that too. So I mean, mm-hmm. 
give Noma a shot. You know, let it let it do its thing. We'll see where it ends up. We'll judge it. You know, we'll we'll see what happens then. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, stop judging it based on the characters. The characters are great. They're really, I think they're doing a great job with that. Okay. Cool. Okay, and cool. that's my that's my soapbox moment for the week. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. So uh, now I think we should invite Lauren. Let's. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's one more thing. That. One more thing. Um, oh sure. Remember, I said I, I watched Skinnerink. Oh yeah. No, I want to. Yeah, of course. Uh, let tell me your reaction to that. I hated it. I thought it was, I thought it was borderline unwatchable. It's an oh hour and forty God. minutes of staring at the ceiling while you hear random sounds in the background. There's no plot. There are no characters. Okay, let me put it this way. So the witch, right? I love the witch, but a lot Let's of people. The on the witch. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, anyway, but th- th- that's not the point. So the witch, right? A lot of people criticize that movie because nothing happens in it. They say, and. You know, you may feel that way, fine, but you're wrong. Thou likes to live deliciously. (laughs) Things happen. (laughs) Things happen in the witch. It's just that people don't like the things that happen, which is fine. I don't even think that. I just like it's a gray, bleak ass. That's fine. That's fine. But my 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 point isn't really about the witch here. It's just a. It's so. So the, the 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 whole criticism of nothing happens, that's what people say about the witch, but that's really overstating it. In Skinnamarink, literally nothing happens. <laughs> and that's not overstating yeah. it. Literally nothing happens it's in somehow this movie. It's scarier and, more and it's terrible. No, it's not. No, it <laughs> oh, is no, one of the worst wrong. movies I have you're seen in a while. Right. It's so bad. I, I like I said, I found it borderline unwatchable. <laughs> it was oh my gosh i i was oh you're so it was dark. so bad it was so bad oh, no so that's skin of rank <laughs> well i guess we'll be i guess no oh <laughs> man can we do All halloween right. ends instead <laughs> oh my god yeah we'll do both it's fine oh, we'll just do a man. we'll do a contrarian podcast that's <laughs> like we'll just get it all out <laughs> all right let's, oh, let's, get, let's get lower in here all right all right so today on the horrors as a podcast we have a very special guest lore yes listen all right i got it <laughs> and, and the odds of confirmation um lore put out a book when did you put this out october october, october 10th the uh it's called Inside Out, and it's a uh, it's a fun, quick read for uh, fans of well, what our uh, movie is today, The Blob. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Laura, do you want to uh, talk about the book first? Um, my book Inside Out is a series of short stories from different perspectives after. These horrible, blobby, inside-out people start showing up. And it's just kind of... uh, They're kind of interconnected. And some of them are kind of by themselves about how this uh, infection spreads and how people deal with it terribly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And um, what we normally do is... uh, So, I think uh, from my perspective, having read the book... 
the blob makes sense <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, I, I also got tinges of like the thing and um, what was the other one? A society. Yeah. So like there's, there's definitely a lot of, of that going on in it. So um, today we're talking about your inspiration for the book, which is, which was the blob, I, I suppose mainly, but um, so why, um, why did you want to uh, watch this movie with us today? It's like one of the best horror uh, reboots of all time, I would say, and rivals um, John Carpenter's The Thing, honestly, for special effects, just for all the different things they do and how they ramp it up with each part of the blob. And I just, it's just like a perfect horror film and I love it a lot. All right. So let's dive right into the movie. The plot of the blob is a small town. I don't remember like what state it's in, but um, a meteorite crashes and a homeless guy gets this little glob on his arm Two teens going out on a date accidentally crash into this poor guy. They go to the hospital and the the blob has totally taken him over now and continues to spread and eat people throughout this this poor town um, until they finally figure out that it is weak to cold so they get out a a fake snow truck and like blast it with liquid nitrogen I, th I think it is and uh, then there's a little kind of teaser that of a sequel at the very end that never happened alright alright yeah so that's that's the blob um, so uh, so lore so so this is obviously one of one of your favorite horror movies uh, it uh, it very much influenced your book. Um, so, what is it in particular about this movie that that really speaks to you? Um, I I love how gross it is, <laughs> and I think it definitely I, is. I think they do a really really good job of like they keep up in the ante and showing off how just sorry, that's my cat how absolutely disgusting this whole process would be. Like the uh, the homeless guy who's in the hospital, and then it spreads to um, the jock named Paul, and he gets it's like he's uh, he's the most recognizable image. It's like over his face, and his arm gets pulled off, and he's like, oh, and it's just you can see how it's dissolving them and how horrible it would be, and I think they they pushed it just far enough that. I was like, damn, I love, I love this. What if, uh, what if I just, you know, fiddled around with that idea? Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what one of the things that I love about it, um, is, is exactly that is, um, is how kind of how far it goes beyond the original. Cause the, 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 you know, the 88 version, it's, it's the remake of a movie from the fifties. Um, 
And I love both versions, but I think I think the remake is better. And part of the reason why is because in the remake, the blob kind of just rolls over people and then they just kind of disappear. But in this one, like like you said, you actually see them in the blob, like they're dissolving. You see, even even later on after it kills someone, uh, there are times where you'll still you'll still see like parts of them like rolling around inside of it, um, and it it. it it just has really great '80s practical effects, you know. Um, I think it's it's a great uh, it's a great update of of the original '50s version. You know, I uh, watched this uh, back in October, right before Halloween. It was uh, it had been a while since I'd seen it. I probably saw it on TV or something back in like the late '90s, early 2000 era, and I remember thinking, like. I remember thinking to myself, wow, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was because, uh, like I, I love the Steve McQueen version. I think, uh, like I probably have mm. a, a better, bigger place in my heart for that because of what the mentality of it, uh, wrought versus like this one is, is, um, and not to shit on it because I actually like when I watched it back in October, I was like, Oh my God, no, I was wrong. This, this movie's phenomenal. It's so much fun. Um, but like, I, I don't think it gets the super, the, like that panic era as well as the fifties version. No. Um, and I, yeah, I don't think it, they it, were going for that. I've heard it described yeah, as exactly. almost like a conspiracy theory because mm-hmm. it's not actually, an alien it's like a government experiment so i guess that was them trying to differentiate themselves from the original yeah yeah so it's it's going for something different and so i think the fact that it doesn't capture the same tone and feeling that the original does is not really a knock against this movie because it's not really supposed to do that. Oh no. And that's what I'm saying is like, I I love going back to like 20 year old me and going, you're such a jackass. (laughs) It happens more often than you'd Mm. think. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much what happened here is uh, after I'd started again, I was like, no, this is ton of fun. Um, I really don't know why I, I hated it. Probably because I watched it on like TNT or USA or, something like that back. Oh, they, back they, they, they probably they cut out the, the hell out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, no, this, this gets a lot of things right. And I think it adds, uh, you know, who wrote this, right? Is uh, Frank Darabont oh, is one of the writers on this. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, okay. And because of his obsession with uh, Stephen King, one of the main characters' mm-hmm. name is Flag too, uh, Brian Flag. Yeah, yeah, I noticed it. Yeah, um, I'm always like, I always think of the stand. I'm always like, that's clearly like his mm-hmm. name is Flag, probably yeah, yeah. because of the stand. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, the, the, the guy Walter Flag, he's a character in a bunch of Stephen King books, not just the stand. He's I mean Randall, Randall Flag. Uh, Randall Flag, yeah, yeah. No, yeah isn't so he's he? In, he's in the Dark he's, Tower, isn't he? Yeah, so he's he's Roland in the Dark Tower. He's Roland's kind of like arch nemesis. Um, well, Roland knows him as Walter, but it's the same guy. Um, there's another book called uh, I think Eyes of the Dragon or something like that, where uh, one of the, where the antagonist is is a, like an ancient wizard named Flag. So it's it's the same guy. So he's he's actually in, the, in a bunch of Stephen King books. <laughs> that must be like a, in like the a, Stephen King universe. I wonder if that's not like a main. Uh 
you know, like how Boston has like Paul Revere and, and things like that. I wonder if it's not some sort of statuesque mm. presence in, in Maine that he's like using to further um, his universe. So could be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he got it from. Have to look into that. That's that's one weird. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. one of the things like uh, when I when I went and rewatched this was it's got that Twin Peaksy small town feel too. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it, so there is. I, I suppose there is a sense of moral panic in it a little bit. Like in that small town uh, thing, there's still the kids going up to you know make out point or whatever and doing their thing up there. Mm-hmm. That Aler- Erica Alaniac scene. Um, as sleaze for as sleazy as it is, is incredible when all of a sudden she just deflates. <laughs> oh yeah, the blood um, inside of her. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there. I mean, there's still moments of it that exist in the in the film. It's just I don't think it has that sort of unique presence as the '50s, where everything is sort of uh, it changing like right then and there um, in the immediate sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's hard to, it's hard to stand up to something that's like one of the most classic horror movies of all time. But you know, yeah, yeah exactly. It does oh, okay. You know, it, it holds its own. And, I think uh, it does a good job. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, about a few years ago, I wrote an article uh, for Hobbs. It was, uh, it was about I think like five like horror remakes that are worth a watch, and one of them was The Blob, um, and. And I think, you know, what it does is, so so for, for me, like, in general, w- whenever I watch a remake, for it to, to be a good remake, in my opinion, it has to justify its existence. So there has to be a reason why this version exists alongside the original, rather than just being a, a soulless rehash of the original. And I think this version does that, you know? Um, but the blob itself is different. Like, Like, not only do you get the cool special effects of, like, people dissolving inside the blob but it also it shoots out like tendrils of itself and grabs people which the original blob didn't do and also like you know and 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 changing it from an alien to a government experiment i think you know really change it, it doesn't change the story a ton but it changes the story enough that i think it uh it it kind of carves out its own space in horror history so that so that so it's not just leeching off the original and kind of trying to take its place or anything, you know. So so yeah. So so I think even though the original Blob is is a you know beloved classic, one of my favorites, I think this one definitely stands on its own and has a reason to exist. Oh, I agree. I agree. Like I said, a stupid twenty year old self. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm sure we've all got those stories, and and I'm sure there's plenty of movies we've gone mm-hmm. back to that. Uh, do the same thing for us too. I remember seeing the exorcist when I was, uh, it came back to theaters, I think in 2002. Oh, and they did like the, the director's cut. Yeah. The version you've never seen or something. Yeah. Yeah. It it was 10 30 at night. My friend is dragging me to this and I was like, can't we just rent it? Like, cause that's my mentality for everything. I was a 30 year old man Mm -hmm. then. Um, so (laughs) (laughs) I, I remember going and by the end of it, I was just like this. I was like, okay, can we go now? Like, I'm just tired. <laughs> so like I had no mm-hmm. love for that movie then. And then came, like came to really enjoy that later. 
Um, and it was just, it was just because of the timing. It's just the the mindset that I was in back then. So I think about that stuff all the time and I love having a change of perspective for certain films. So, mm-hmm. and that is, yeah, that's yeah, Exorcist is one of my definitely. favorites now, like horror movie. Oh, it's great. Exorcist it's great. is one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back so, to what, what, Bob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go for it. So right, what do you guys get? <laughs> uh, I was going to say that I think uh, one of my, one of the things I like about remakes, good remakes is that they're almost like a separate thing from the old version. Like the, the thing from another mm-hmm. world and John Carpenter's the thing are two exactly, they're yeah. so far apart in my brain that they're they don't they're not even like the same thing so they they don't i don't like hold them up against each other mm-hmm. or or like the lord of the rings books versus the movies i i think of them as different things because you know they went and had to change things so they they don't like mess with each other when i think about them in my brain yeah, definitely, because there's no Tom Bombadil in the movies, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, nah, uh, we'll get rid of him. I, I can't stand that character. It's no, so I, too silly. I get that, too. Like, because, I mean, nobody wants to watch Gus Van Sant's Psycho, right? Like, <laughs> like if you're going to yeah, watch. There's, there's no reason for yeah, it. Yeah, if you're going to watch Psycho, you're going to Alfred Hitchcock. Like, like Exactly. That's exactly. that's something I, um, I've always said. I, can't, I couldn't believe that they just sort of. I was like, why are you doing when they announced it shot for shot, uh, I went, why not just watch the original? What's the point of this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know who thought that was a good idea. I mean, well, someone at Universal, guess, but... <laughs> Gus Van Sant all the money and was like, here you go. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, with, with the Blob remake, I think it is, it is very similar to the original and it even goes over a lot of the same plot beats. Like, like in the original, you know, it's a meteor. There's an old guy who finds it. Uh, you know, the, the, the kids find him, bring him to the hospital. It eats him, then it starts eating other people. So, like, there there, there are a lot of similar plot beats yeah. in the Blob. So, I think I, I think the, the Blob remake does it does enough to to differentiate itself. But I think if it did any less, it probably wouldn't work. I think it does just enough. You know, I agree with that. Um, yes. And they they don't try to like cop like they have a a movie theater scene in both, but obviously you can't mm-hmm. you can't like uh, outdo the the old school movie theater scene. So they didn't even try; they did it totally different. Right, right. So they just kept the same setting of of a movie theater, you know, just kind of as almost like a like an homage to the original, but there's something very different with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For me, the the biggest scene besides Erica Alenyak's um, just <laughs> life force training scene is uh, the kid in the sewer. Um, you don't see that coming, and it's it takes you by surprise. I I love that <laughs> because you're like, yeah, get out, get out, get out. Yeah, you're not expecting them to to kill a kid. Like, obviously, it's a horror movie; people are gonna die. But most movies don't go that far and kill a kid and he's like a he's like a skeleton it's it's pretty intense 
Yeah. What, 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 one other thing I like about it is, um, is how in the beginning it sets up. Um, so you have flag. He, he see, he ends up being one of the good guys, but he's kind of, you know, he's kind of just this punk kid at first. You don't, you don't really think much of him. And you think that the other guy, what's his name? Paul, yep. I think you think he's going to be kind of the, the main hero, but then the movie does a little bait and switch on us where it kills him pretty quickly, like right after the old guy. And then Flag actually takes his place and becomes the, the uh, kind of the, the main male protagonist. You know, I, I, I think that's a, that's a nice little unexpected plot twist that, that kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah, it's a little bait and it. switch there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Feels like it fits more with the 80s to have like the bad boy as the main character rather than like a goody two shoes yeah definitely yeah yeah it definitely does well as opposed uh, to steve mcqueen yeah like i was saying a few minutes ago the i got that twin peaks uh, vibe off of it too and it's so funny how a lot of those characters actually fit into the uh that sort of universe right especially in that small town uh you you also have the diner sequences you have um Kevin Dillon on a motorcycle, <laughs> like um, that is the silliest. Is the, that's not the silliest scene, right? Like uh, him on the motorcycle in the tunnels. Like who was like uh, wait, we wait. need that? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean it's the eighties. What do you expect? It was the eighties. Yeah, 80s. yeah. <laughs> um, that that scene always gets me. Like I think that was the scene where I, I decided it was stupid when I was twenty, and I was just like, mm, I was like, mm-hmm. what? they're doing just barrel rolls in the, (laughs) I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, movie. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I think, uh, like I said, I think it's a lot of fun now. I just, there's, there's moments. Um, and then, uh, again with the, the stand reference, right. Randall flag, Brian flag, uh, Mm -hmm. Shawnee Smith is in the stand as well. So, Oh, I think there's some sort of strange connection to that movie or, to McGarris's The Stand, at least, um, which may not have been out for another year. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure when that came. I, I've, I, yeah, I I'm not sure when that came. Late out. '80s, early '90s, or maybe 1990 itself. But okay, okay. Maybe it just fit the, you know, for the time. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But um, another thing is when the the blob actually starts like dissolving people in its. Uh, in itself, I I find that to be uh, far more thought out than the original. Like you get, you guys were just telling uh, that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. The do you guys have you seen um, Under the Skin, Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, yes. I get that same vibe from from that. Like like when she's luring them into the to the thing, undressing, and they just sort of sink themselves and just dissolve into nothing. I'm like. And that's mm-hmm. how she feasts, so she's kind of the blob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, just, I, I never thought weird. about that connection. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just it's this weird like sci-fi thing where it's like like she brings them into this like liminal space and and they just sort of disappear, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I get I I get that a lot, and especially like with your book too, I felt like a lot of that was present in sort of either wanting to be part of. Uh, like under the skin is very much like all of a sudden she wants to fit in with the human crowd. And I got mm-hmm. a lot of sense in your book that, you know, joining that, um, the outers was like, 
um, becoming part of society or becoming normal in some sense because that was becoming the normality. It's funny that you use that you use the phrase "becoming part of society." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> because parts of the book definitely gave me society vibes yeah. as well. You know, it, it was almost like if society and the blob had a baby, it would be this book. Yeah, they're like. It, it was really hard for me to decide if I was going to talk to you guys about the blob or society because they're almost like equal uh, mm-hmm. in levels of inspiration. But yeah, like you're going to be a valuable member of society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yep there's, definitely, the most, uh... there's definitely vibes of, like in the in the book too. Like just and it's weird because it goes back and forth. Sometimes you think it's the, the people that haven't changed. And sometimes you think it's the people that have changed. And um, Some of the stories in there are like, are nuts. The, uh, the story about Cassie, I really enjoyed in the, uh, the bathroom. I thought that was fantastic. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was one, the, I can't remember her name, but she comes home and she finds the parents on the floor in the oh, basement. Alice. I loved that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, it's just these little things that you see like um, people being outsiders too and then wanting to like sort of be part of the club but they don't know how brilliant they are kind of thing. Um, that that really, I, I got that. And I, um, those were the best ones to me. Uh, and the stories in the book, I thought that those were fantastic scenes and parts and everything. And like, I could just picture it, you know what I mean? Like I saw the whole thing and, uh, so super talented <laughs> and I, uh, enjoyed the hell out of it. So. Well, I, I really yeah, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, the book was great. And, um, uh, that, that chapter with the kid coming home, um, I think I just call it, uh, the child. And her name is Alice. And a lot of people say that one is their favorite. So that's like, oh, because <laughs> that, that one is almost like the most uh, that I pulled from me in a weird way. Not that obviously that has happened to me, but it's there. I hope not. <laughs> her, her, the way that she goes about things and reacts to uh, the situation is uh, take a lot from me because she's she's like well I mean there's not really anything I can do about it so I guess I'm just gonna join them yeah yeah I liked also um, in the book I, I think my favorite one was I think it was called the priest with uh, where, where where apparently like this this cult that like sacrifices people to uh, to the pile. I thought that was a really interesting idea. And then kind of what happens to the priest at the end, I thought was, I think it was exactly where that, that segment should have gone. So I feel like that, 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 that whole kind of like arc, that whole chapter I thought was, was really good. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, it, a lot of the, the stories came from like, well, what it what would happen if there was a a religion that worshipped these horrible flesh piles? Like, surely somebody would get eaten by it and realize, oh, actually, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I think it's weird. Like, um, 
one of the things that stood out to me was the the experience of that is different for everybody. Like um, mm-hmm. the child uh, feels the warmth and she hears the welcome home, you know, at the end of it, but at the end of that segment, but the, the priest gets the, oh no feeling. Um, <laughs> I think that that's, you know, definitely speaks to like the individual experience of literally anything. Um, so it, it is, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack in this book. And I really like, I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't, I'm always looking for like those little moments of, of deeper meaning in, in things. And, uh, those always stick out to me the most and that's what makes something memorable. So, uh, yeah, I, I will be talking about your book for, for quite some time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad that you can take stuff from it because uh, you know it's like it's like my little my little baby. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, have have you seen a movie called The Spore? Uh no. I feel like I've heard of it. What what is it? Yeah, it came out. Um, oh, I don't. So I reviewed it on Hobbs sometime. I think it was about a year ago. Year, okay. Yeah, year something before. like that. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, I'm pretty sure it was last year. I think I'm pretty sure. I think I remember seeing your like your headline of your article about it, but I never saw that. Yeah, yeah. Movie. Um, I, I I don't remember if I reviewed it for a festival or a general release. Um, but I'm you should be able to to watch it. It should be out like released to the public now um your book reminded me a lot of it of that movie because because that movie it's it's about this it, it, it's not exactly the same but it's about a sort of like some sort of like fungal type thing that kind of just gets out in this town and, and kind of starts changing people and different people change in different ways and and it's kind of like an anthology um in, in the sense that it, it shows different people's experiences with this spore in, in, uh, uh, in the town. Um, and, and so just kind of that, that, um, that, that like arrangement of the story, that like that story structure, uh, it's, it's very similar to, to your book. And so I, I was, I, I just thought, I was wondering if, if you had seen it and if that had, had influenced your decision to tell the story this way at all? Uh, well, no, I haven't watched it, but I, I will add it to my list. Uh, the The structure of my book was a total fluke accident, and I didn't originally plan it that way. Um, the, the first three stories were from a dream that I had, um, and I wrote them out as well as I could from memory, and then... I had another story and then another story and I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep doing it this way. And I'd switched them the order around a little bit. So it was more a chronological timeline of how things started getting worse, but it, it wasn't planned that way. It just happened. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I remember you handed me off a uh, early copy. I think it was only sixty pages or so, um, and it, it began with the police raid, um, 
And that, because uh, I, I, I got the new version and I start, I started reading it and I go, oh, this has changed immensely. This, <laughs> like, we haven't even gotten to that, that story yet. So, um, yeah, the, uh, I was surprised. I was <laughs> yeah, when I uh, was fixing it up, I got, I got suggested, oh, you should have like a, like a, a day zero story and i was like oh okay <laughs> i'll figure i'll figure something out so that's where that part came from and then the uh the patrol was the very very first story that i wrote down and yeah it was originally the first story that's just because that was the first story i wrote but then i had people being like no oh, this kind of feels like it fits more in the middle so i so getting back to the blob, I want to talk more about this idea of the blob being a government like germ warfare experiment gone wrong. Um, I love the idea of kind of government paranoia and like you can't really trust the people in authority and how, you know, even when they're trying to do something that is almost kind of good. Like they go about it in the complete wrong way and they don't really care about, you know, who gets hurt in the process. Um, I think, I think this movie does a great job of, of kind of expressing the way a lot of people, you know, feel about the government um, and how, yeah, you know, they're kind of necessary to a point. um, But there's a lot of problems there too. Um, I think that's a, it's a really fascinating way of kind of, of exploring that, that whole mindset, you know? If it feels a a lot, it feels like a lot of eighties movies had that kind of mindset. And uh, I mean, I w I was born in the nineties, so it's not, not something I can, say from personal experience but i mean governments have always been iffy <laughs> and i'm i'm canadian so my situation is is a little bit different but yeah i can i can totally get how um yeah they are necessary in some ways but sometimes they're just they're they try to do a job and they do it terribly and it just makes things worse mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They just create monsters that kill everybody. Yeah. It's just the X-Files before the X-Files, that's all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I never really watched the X-Files. Really? So I I actually don't get that. I mean, I know what the X-Files are, of course. I mean, it's just, so, like, the big thing with with, um, X-Files is that it's just a giant government conspiracy. Like... Um, oh really yeah i feel like fox hit that wall early and they've just been running with it since uh okay <laughs> even down okay. to like 24 and and stuff like that they just keep trying to recreate because it was a hit for a while mm. you know mm-hmm. um right right but yeah it's x-files is fun it's just i think that sometimes uh this movie too sometimes when when we do con- government conspiracy theories i think a lot of people just go Yep, that's how it is. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, that this is for fun. Like, <laughs> like this is entertainment, right? Um, Not a documentary. I was a little, I was a little too young for X Files, but my parents would watch it, and it came on 
right when I was going to bed. So I would hear the theme song and I would get super freaked out. And so I didn't actually watch the show until I was in my early 20s. And I'm super scared of aliens. So that is unfortunate because I had to skip a lot of episodes. But yeah, you, you got some, you just got the, the regular plot line. You yeah, I got, I get like the monster of the week episodes where they yeah. go to like a weird town. But I, I like the show and it's, I don't know if the whole thing was, but most of it was filmed in Vancouver. So it feels very hometowny to me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, did you keep up? Did you go with like Supernatural after when that was on too? No, but um, wait, I watched Fringe a lot. Who, who I don't remember what channel that was on, but I really liked that one. Yeah, that was that was a Fox one. I'm not familiar. Um, Supernatural with me. I'm not familiar with that one. Kim Manners, who was the executive producer for X Files, was the executive producer on Supernatural, which is why that's got the same sort of feel. Okay. What, what 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 what's Fringe about? I've never. I don't think I've heard of that one. Oh, uh, Anna Torv and Joshua Jackson. No idea. It's like a, a grumpy old professor kind of guy, and his son have to team up and solve crimes that are often paranormally. And they're just there's just like an interesting dynamic between uh, the characters because the old guy is a bit he's he's a bit l- losing it, so they kind of have to rein him in and keep him in check. But then <laughs> the show goes like crazy off the rails later, and there's like alternate dimensions and um, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy's <laughs> there. Uh, they, oh, wow. they have like a Monty Python animated segment. So like my brain's like, I can't explain what this show is about, but you could always watch like the first couple episodes and get, get an idea if you like it or not. It's pretty quick. Okay, I mean, yeah. it's, it is a studio show. So it's like 20 episodes, I think per season, but um, mm-hmm. it's only like three seasons and it's pretty good. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. The biggest thing with the blob is that, like, it's sort of like I'm trying to come up with other things, like, from the film, like, that we can talk about. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like the blob eats this, and then the blob. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's basically the movie. (laughs) And it's sort of like, yeah, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then he went and ate another guy. (laughs) Yeah. So what about the end scene where that where that minister guy he he has like a piece of the blob and he's he's preaching this like doomsday sermon and apparently he's saving it for whenever God tells him that like the, the doomsday is supposed to come. Yeah. I, like that like that I thought was was an interesting an interesting way to tease well, a sequel. That's where Laura's book starts. <laughs> I, I did have a, a friend of mine uh, describe my book as like, what if they did actually make a sequel to The Blob? So I didn't intend for it to be like that, but it's funny that it kind of turned out to be like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the the little blob that he has is like a crystal, and he's and he's like holding it up like this, and it's clearly like a fake hand, and you can see him like wiggle in it. <laughs> his hand. It's it's interesting that like seeing 
the blob eat people gave him like a new change in how he views religion and his face is all messed up it's mm-hmm. it's uh it is a very Stephen Kingy uh and it would have been cool to see what they would have done with a potential sequel mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, cause, cause, yeah well there, there was a sequel to the original one beware the blob that's right which I've which I've I've never seen it. I think I own that and I still haven't watched it. I'd, I think it's downstairs in my giant pile of uh, unorganized films, you know, because otherwise that'd be oh, under so monsters or aliens and JP's collection. It would be under aliens. There you go. Okay. <laughs> you you organize your films by what they're about. So so my Blu-ray collection is organized by genre. So I have like action movies, giant monster movies, horror, superheroes, this, that, the other thing. And then within my horror section, which is probably about 80% of, of my Blu-rays, um, I have it organized by subgenre because that is the 100% objective, correct way to do it, despite what Sean may say. My, mine is like, well, it fits on the shelf. <laughs> it's, yeah, but see, see oh, it's... <laughs> Yeah, but if mine, you do that, then, alphabetical order then how do you... First no, I've seen, not alphabetical. Then, oh, I have, like, I have this whole container of stuff I haven't seen, and it's just sitting, like... In oh, the- yeah, yeah. I have a pile that's next to my TV of, like, I'll put this away after I've watched it, and that pile keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's my blob, you know? Like- <laughs> See, <laughs> I will See, organize I eventually. <laughs> I was telling JP, I, I, I signed up for Vinegar Syndrome's uh, movie of the month club or whatever this year, uh, subscription. And I've, I went wild. Like I spent way too much money because they had like a sale to, to do it. And there was a ton of them that were like $10. I'm pretty sure I bought everything for the week. So every day there was 10 new movies for $10. And I'm pretty sure I spent a fortune. So, <laughs> oh wow! They have a new uh, version of From Beyond coming out that I yeah. that I was like scrambling oh, really? to pre-order as quickly as possible because I love that movie. Yeah, that's going to be part of the, uh, heard about that. the subscription. So, like, I was I'm looking forward to that too. That'll replace. Have you, my have you not okay. seen From Beyond, JP? No, I, I've um. I've seen it. I just didn't know that Vinegar Syndrome was was putting. Oh yeah, new, yeah. New it, this is like a like pretty be... recent announcement, like like within the yeah. last month. Okay. I think it, I think is it... you can still pre-order. I'm not sure if it's still available, but it's um, mm-hmm. it comes out next week. I think they're starting to ship them, or maybe that's yeah. just the subscription okay. ones. So. Okay. Is 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 it a 4K or is it just a regular? It's movie? a 4K. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. It, it okay. it's still it's still up for pre-order on their site. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to look into that. And it's All funny because right. because a couple months ago I was like, man, I really wish I had a From Beyond physical because it's like I love that movie even more than Reanimator. But all of the covers are so ugly. And then they're like, don't worry, I got you. And come out with this new one. <laughs> I didn't think the the Shout Scream Factory one was that bad. Um, I'm, I really, that- I'm really picky about about stuff like that. Fair enough. Like the, the Shout Factory of, of the Blob is, uh, it's kind of a, like a, 
like a painting and it's got him on the motorcycle and a bunch of little scenes from the movie. And I just think it's so ugly. <laughs> and I, uh, I went to like a retro uh, film store a few months ago and they had like a European version of the blob and it's just like the pink with the person's hand. And I was like, finally. <laughs> so I just bought that one instead. Yeah, I don't oh, think I see nice, the one with the nice. hand. I always see the one with the the face being melted off. Yeah, um, I think I think it's that one. Uh, I have it on my shelf somewhere. But <laughs> um, one last thought on on the blob is why does this movie end like Terminator Two? When did when did Terminator Two come out? Four years later. <laughs> Four years later. Oh yeah. my god. Maybe Terminator 2 got it from the blob. Yeah. Right? But it, I mean, wait, that's wait, the thing wait, is, wait. like, when it ends, the, the liquid nitrogen, everything, like, it's it's literally the, the Terminator 2 ending. And I'm like... Wait, how, how is that Terminator 2 ending? Terminator 2, they go to the, the metal refinery and the liquid nitrogen is what right. mel- melts uh, T-1000. Oh, that... Oh, the, oh I, okay. I... I didn't realize that was liquid nitrogen. I was just in my mind thought of it as just something really hot. I feel like I feel like liquid nitrogen became more like commonplace in media around that time, like as as a cool th- movie thing. Like maybe it's just like a maybe it's just a coincidence. But they do also have motorcycle tricks, so. Yeah, like yeah. It, it feels like a weird connection, doesn't it? Like to, yeah. to Terminator Two. I mean, um, I mean, I think that that, that that's a it's a very thin connection because oh, even if they use it in <laughs> substance, you know, like they, they use it in completely different ways. I mean, the, the, you know, you might as well say like, oh, they both have credits. Like <laughs> <laughs> they do. You're not wrong. They do. Yeah, they stole those yeah conspiracy right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a government conspiracy. The Terminator got it from the blob. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, anything else to say about uh about the blob? I think we covered everything. Um, everything that I had was covered for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, you got, here. You guys got anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. I'm all out. Laura, it's been uh, awesome having you. I wish nothing yeah, but success for for Inside Out and for you. Yeah, um, thank you. Definitely. Thank you for coming on and talking about the blob with us. Yeah. So, so, so Lord, do you have any, any other writing projects coming up that, uh, that you can clue us in on? Uh, yes, I have a collection with two of my friends and we, we are collectively called the goop troop because we write about disgusting things. So we have, uh, we each have three stories and they're going to be in a collection called six stories from the goop troop that were, we're just finishing up now and I'm working on a like cosmic horror pirate novella. And uh, I just finished up editing for an anthology I did with ghoulish books, which is called bound in flesh an anthology of trans body horror. So it's body horror by trans writers and that's coming out april um and i think i have a couple little articles and stuff coming out here and then but i have a bad memory (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, cool. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, I think you've got two new fans here, so yeah, definitely. They keep us posted. Yeah, and 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 also, uh, where do do you, do you have any other published stories out other than this novel and Inside Out? I have. Uh, my publisher, Darklit Press, has a little like free library thing where we kind of showcase what writing styles we have as a little taster and i have a little story on there called toothworms hmm. okay. that you can get for free and uh and where is this available is it their website um i think it the website is just darklithorror.com let me double check that yes and then it has a little free section that you can okay yeah out. check out our free to read books here all right very cool. I'll be picking that yeah, up. Yeah, me too. Uh, oh, toothworms. Also, for anyone out there that wants to uh, pick up Laura's book, it's gonna it's on Amazon for two ninety nine for Kindle version. And I think 15 I think so. Yeah, and you can get it on uh, on the darklithorror.com if you don't want to go the Amazon route. It's it's on a couple different places, so you have options. All right. Awesome. All right. Yeah. And, and for you guys listening, um, we would definitely recommend this book. Um, it's like Sean said, it's, it's short, sweet, and I had a blast reading it. So can't wait yeah, to see. We were actually going back and forth earlier this week. I was like, have you read this yet? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we were, we were discussing mm-hmm. it. Uh, that's, Probably why we discussed your book more, more than, than the, <laughs> the movie. That's fine. Um, but the yeah, we uh, we both very much enjoyed it. I think I called it imaginative and visceral. So <laughs> yeah, fancy. Yeah. Those words both. Those words, that was my quote for it. So <laughs> thank you. All right. Well. All right. Laura, thank thank you for coming on. This uh, this was fun. This was fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, maybe we'll do it again for whatever whatever thing i have coming out next yeah definitely let us know Absolutely. yeah when you you know when when your next stuff comes out and uh we could have you on again we'd love to we could talk about the original okay. blob <laughs> 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 uh, all right well guys this is it for this episode of the horror obsessive podcast so thank you everyone for listening and uh you can find our writings over at horrorobsessive.com and next time uh sean do we know what we're doing next time I think it's your turn. Next time, not yet. The week, the in one month, I know what we're doing, but right. we'll leave that for two yeah, weeks yeah. from now. Uh, I have something, but if I can't announce it yet, mm. if it doesn't work out, okay. so we'll <laughs> well we'll keep you posted. All right, all right, sounds good. Well, you know, you'll find out, guys, eventually, sometime. All right, thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye bye.